Good morning. On this Wednesday morning, welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. If you joined us in previous uh, uh, studies, we have been talking about the Christian as an overcomer, one that subdues, one that prevails, one that conquers, one that overcomes. We mentioned that we know we need to know what the strategies of the enemy are. The scripture talks about the strong man and the armor he trusts in, and then a stronger than he coming and taking whatever he possessed away from him. While Satan has an armor, the believer is also given an armor by God. It is a supernatural armor. It is not a, not a natural armor. It is not something that you get up and put up, put on because it's natural, but it is a spiritual armor. And uh, <clears throat> the book of Ephesians chapter 6 explains all that. But what we wanted to emphasize is identifying what is the armor that the enemy has been using. What are the weapons that he uses? What is he described as or like? Jesus is described as the Lamb of God. He's described as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is called the Anointed One. He is the Christ. Well... Satan, or Lucifer, or the devil, uh, he has his identifying marks also. Lucifer was known as the light bearer. The, the word devil is uh, defined as a slander. Satan is uh, defined as an accuser. So we begin to see these things, of course, Jesus identified uh, the devil or Satan uh, in John chapter 8, verse 44. He identified him as a murderer. He identified him as a liar and the father of lies. He is identified in the scripture as the prince of the power of the air. He is identified in the scripture also in uh, several other marks that are particular just to him and to him alone. So we have the devil. We have Satan. He's also identified as the wicked one. So these are his names and identification marks. If we can identify that in our lives, then we can see where he's wanting to operate. He uses wiles and flaming darts to throw at our minds. He wants to weaken our mind, especially if we have not renewed it in the Word of God. And in the process of what we spoke on on Tuesday, we talked about the devil also. If we were to use the nations that have existed before, the seven heads of the dragon, if we were to identify Egypt and identify uh, uh Assyria and Babylon and the Medo-Persians and the Grecians and the Romans, we can learn from them what it is that they did as a general whole for the population. Egypt or the Egyptians kept the Jews or the Hebrews uh, in bondage. The Assyrians scattered them, the ten tribes of that are called the lost tribes of Israel, scattered them throughout the entire earth. And uh, the Babylonians brought confusion uh, to, the, to the Israelites and uh, 
the medial Persians, they brought unto the nation, they actually brought unto them that one aspect of wanting to give up, to, to be fed up, to be tired, to be so, so much under the pressure of the enemy that one throws his hands up and, and one say, I'm just so frustrated. I, I just, I can't get anything done. And, and so we begin to identify these marks. So along with the devil being an accuser, a liar, a murderer, a thief, uh, one that kills, uh, he uses deception, he uses slander, he uses offenses, he uses pride, he uses circumstances. We can learn this from the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where it talks about the sower sows the seed. In Matthew chapter 13, in the book of Mark, in uh, chapter 4, the book of Luke, chapter 8, where it talks about how the devil, or the wicked one, or Satan, depending on which book you are reading, how he comes, and because the person doesn't understand the word of God, because they are blinded by the, by the enemy, according to the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 4, they're blinded, therefore they can't see and understand. They don't receive the word. That's not the one that falls by the wayside. But then the next group, those that receive it in the stony ground, the rocky ground, are those that hear the word. But then when you have uh, the pressures of life, uh, the stresses of life, uh, when you have the, the, the persecutions and, and the fears and the worries and the discouragement and the doubt and the depression, all of these coming in, they just don't have no root and they fall by the wayside there. They, they just don't become fruitful. But then you have the others that the circumstances of life, whether it's uh, the deceitfulness of riches, once again, he, his deception, uh, whether it's the lust of other things entering in, whether it's the pride of life, uh, the lust of the eyes, uh, all of these things are things that he uses. Now, some of them are of the flesh. Some of them are of our own doing, the mind. But when we can identify the characteristics of what he is doing in our circumstances and how he wants to use them to bring you into stress and worry and fear and depression and doubt and discouragement, if he can get us frustrated enough, if he can get us to just simply throw up our hands and say, I give up, then the work of God ceases in our lives. So this is what we want to identify, what he's doing, then to know and understand and identify what God has given us so that we can become victorious in all of these areas. There's not a single one of us that at one time or another, we have been falsely accused of something. Uh, we have been called liars or we have been lied to. Jesus said, if any man hates his brother, he is a murderer. So there is that possibility that we've hated someone. Then we can see how he uses that. We've either uh, in the past knowingly or unknowingly uh, uh, taken something that belongs to somebody else uh, and or uh, we've deceived uh, people or we have come under the deception we have either slandered or have been slandered. 
offenses have come into our life and we just simply wanted to and, and the word for offense in the in the Greek is the word to be scandalized. People are they, they talk about there's a scandal in politics, a scandal in this, a scandal in that. Well, it, there's there's something that offends and of uh, uh, offenses and and this is a uh, uh, just an a, a injection into this. Uh, it is by according to John Bevere, it is the bait of Satan. He uses that to catch you and to reel you in. And of course, pride, that is one of the seven sins that is mentioned in the book of Proverbs in chapter 6. Circumstances, we're all under and live in circumstance. He is going to use them. We have to be aware. There's nothing like stress to bring your blood pressure up, get your heart working wrong, uh, get your your body into a psychosomatic uh, illnesses of all kinds. Then, of course, fear. Fear has torment in our lives. But the Bible says in, in the book of 1 John in chapter 4, uh, in verse 8, uh, and in those verses along there, that it says that perfect love casts out fear. Then, of course, there's worry and anxiety uh, where people are, are having their cares overwhelm them. Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 6. In uh, verse 28 onward, he said, you know, uh, if, if the birds of the air, if, if they don't worry, they don't, if you're more important than, than the birds of the air, your heavenly father knows what you need of, he said, then you don't have to worry. Then, of course, First uh, Peter chapter 5 talks about casting your cares upon him. And the book of uh, Philippians chapter number 4, verse 6 onward, it says, in nothing be anxious. Uh, in nothing worry, and nothing be fretful, but in everything through prayer. And all of these things wind up being a nasty cycle that can bring us into uh, a, a state of depression. Uh, and, and when people are depressed, there's a possibility of them being oppressed uh, in, their, in, their, in their lives. There's an oppression that comes. Uh, it, it can affect their physical body. The the Bible talks about the woman, Syrophoenic, the woman that was a boat over uh, for uh, uh, all those years. I, I believe it was 12 years, if not 18. I believe it was 18 years. It says, whom Satan has oppressed. In, in other words, the physical body. But then there's people that are not oppressed. They may be obsessed. They've been attacked in their mind. And there is an obsession uh, to get something done either right or to do something wrong. And then finally, you know, people get demonized, what we would call uh, a certain level of possession. All of these cause doubt and discouragement. People then want to just throw in the towel and give up. But God has not made any plans for his people, for the believer, to be a loser. But he has made plans for us to be overcomers. He has made plans for us to have the victory, for us to be conquerors, to subdue the enemy under our feet. This is not going to be your battle, but it is his battle. But he uses us as instruments. Remember, you cannot fight the devil on your own. 
but in God's armor and through his spirit and by the word of God, then we can say, it is written, thus saith the Lord, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. So all of these things are made available unto us and much more. The breastplate of righteousness, the preparation of the gospel, uh, all manner and kind of prayer and intercession that is given to the believer. All of these things and the sword of the spirit can be used uh, as weapons of either offense or defense. We're not to hold the line, but we are to attack the gates of hell. Jesus said that uh, I give unto you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom and the gates of hell shall not. See, gates don't attack you. We attack gates. Whenever a fortress or a stronghold is built, it is the gates that they go after to try to topple them down to be able to enter in. So we are attacking the gates of hell. Where are the gates of hell? Wherever Satan has set up his throne and his rulership in any city, in any nation, any family, any country, any place. And we are to prevail in the name of the Lord. Because no weapon that is formed against us is made to prosper. According to Isaiah 54, 17, it says no weapon that is formed. And the word there that is used for formed, it's something that is squeezed into shape. Something that is molded uh, like a potter would mold uh, uh, the piece of clay. Something that is determined against you. A resolution that has been made by Satan that he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have his life. He can say, what do you mean a resolution? Well, did not Satan want Peter? Did not Jesus tell Peter, hey, Satan has desired you to sift you like wheat? In other words, he plans to destroy lives that he thinks or assumes that will have an impact or effect on his kingdom. So assume from the very beginning that you're born again, that God has a plan for you and that he wants to dwarf that plan. He wants to stop it. He wants to frustrate it in our lives. But no weapon that is formed against you is going to prosper. That means that it's not going to have any pushing forward effect. It's not going to push you back, but you're going to be able to break through, break out, and be able to be profitable. And every tongue that shall rise up against you, remember, it is in the words, the words of accusation, the words of slander, in the, in the words that are used uh, for people to tell lies or falsehood uh, in the people uh, using words uh, to offend. Uh, all of these things are of the tongue. And it says no weapon that is formed against you and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn it. You shall condemn it. You shall stop it. You shall be able to bring it under. You're going to be able to... Uh, Deal with it. Why? Because this is the heritage. This is the blessing. This is the inherited heirloom. This is the estate. This is the portion that belongs to the believer. This is his possession. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me saith the Lord. Well, I see we've run out of time. We'll pick up here on Thursday. I'll let you know uh, the, 
what's coming up next. But until then, keep looking up. Our Redeemer and redemption draweth nigh. The Lord richly and fully bless you. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them. In Jesus' name, amen.